Amen. All right. And so, uh, you know what? I should have mentioned, I need some prayer this morning, too. And I see you're smiling because there was a football game yesterday, a college football game yesterday. And uh, those who know me and my family, we are USC Trojan fans. And unfortunately, uh, we, we, we got roasted yesterday uh, by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, which is their, one of their biggest rivals. And so, uh, so some people are gloating and happy and trying to rub it in. Uh, well, I'm mourning, you know what I'm saying, uh, the loss here of my Trojans. And so uh, I do need some compassion and mercy there. But I'm here today, and I'm still going to preach God's word. Amen. Amen. All right, Dorka, I'm still here. That just shows you I'm a trooper, okay? All right. Lord knows I was tempted to be like, let me phone it in, all right, and and tell somebody else. But I'm a trooper, amen. All right, Francis, so we're going to still get into God's word today, all right? And so we're continuing a sermon series called The Upside Down Blessings. And uh, we're looking at what is called the Beatitudes. And so we actually have a little handout for the series on our church app. So if you go into the app, click on the inbox, you can see the, uh, the, the handout there that will help you. But we see here in the Beatitudes, Jesus has these sayings about blessed are, and he goes on and tells uh, who's blessed and why they are blessed. But it really, it, it's, it's topsy-turvy. It, it's upside down. It doesn't make a lot of sense to us uh, who are reading this today and also to his initial hearing. Whether they heard it in person or were able to have the scriptures read to them when the church gathered together. And so we've looked at a number of things here and how Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning uh, they see their need for God. Blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted, meaning God will comfort us. Blessed are the meek because we know Jesus had the heart and character of being meek, which isn't weakness. It's actually strength and his gentleness. We've also looked at blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And Kenny helped us see the different types of righteousness that we can have that's outside of us, that's within us, and that's around us in the community. And today we're going to be talking about how blessed are those who show mercy. So let's go ahead, let's go to God in prayer real quickly again. God, we pray, as it was stated earlier through Hannah, we pray that your word is spoken today. Father, you know where everybody is. Some are coming in just barely making it. Some are coming in on a spiritual high and uh, many are in the middle. And God, we pray that you will share one thing that will minister to every soul here. Father, that every soul will come away with a greater faith, a greater hope and a greater, greater conviction. Father, of following you as a child of yours and a citizen in your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's go on over to Matthew chapter five. The title of the lesson today is uh, show a brother some mercy. Show a brother some mercy or you can put show a brother and sister some mercy, but that just didn't look cool. So so forgive me. Okay, all right. But show a brother some mercy here. And so we're going to look here at Matthew chapter five and verse seven here. But it's important that we understand the larger context because we're breaking this down. It's always important that we understand the larger context of Jesus's message. And he's talking about the good news of the kingdom, what it's like to be a citizen in his kingdom. And it's a spiritual kingdom that Jesus established. And his kingdom, there is a call in his kingdom of how we should live. 
what our character will be like and the blessings of what it's like to be a citizen in God's kingdom. And so then this helps us to understand the context, again, in which we read this. But what's also important to understand when he talks about this word blessed or as he says this, it's translated as blessed. It can also be translated as happy or maybe a better way to uh, uh, to understand it is fortunate or it will go well with. So when he says blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, you can say happy or fortunate or it will go well for those. And so, again, we can understand this context and understand that it's really upside down when we look at it on the surface. But as we dig deeper into it, we'll see, whoa, this makes sense. It's inspiring and it's comforting for those who would choose to live as citizens in God's kingdom. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, this is actually the first blessing that directly relates to how we treat others, which is interesting. All the other ones indirectly will have an impact on how we relate to others. But this one is directly related to how you and I interact and treat others around us. Now, when I said blessed, we're going to talk about mercy. Some say, hmm. Now, why? Why do we do that when we think of mercy? Because we usually think about the mercy that's required of us to extend to others, don't we? And we get challenged by this thought. And so we're going to break this down some. We're just going to park here in Matthew 5 and really try to uh, extrapolate here all that is in there. Well, not all, but just all that we can afford to for our time today. And so mercy, what does it mean, mercy? Well, forgiveness and or compassion. When you show mercy, you are either showing forgiveness, you're not treating someone the way they deserve or, or not giving them the punishment that they deserve. Or you're having compassion, you're having pity in which you are stirred in your soul to not only feel something, but to act upon it. So biblical mercy is forgiveness and or compassion in action. And many times they are the same thing. Because many times for me to forgive or to not hold a grudge or a judgment against you, I have to put myself in your shoes to understand so that I can be removed from judgment and enter into a zone of compassion. Are you with me, church? And so this Greek word, Elios or Elios for, for mercy, was actually a secular, when it was used in the secular Greek, it was actually perceived as a weakness. And so people saw this idea of mercy back then as a sign of weakness because it felt like it was a sentimental inclination to be overly lenient. So like, man, you, you show mercy, that, that, that's weak, you can't do that. But if we think about our society today, we're not far removed from having the same view of mercy. Let's think about this for a second. Whether it's explicit or implicit, whether it's implied or it's stated out loud, the idea of showing mercy is not something that our society promotes. Let's think about social media. Is there a lot of mercy on social media? No, there's not a lot of social media mercy, right? Let's think about cancel culture. That's, by definition, 
anti-mercy. I am canceling somebody out. I won't show you mercy because of what you've done. In fact, I'm canceling you out. Again, what's promoted is, hey, if you show mercy, then that's something that's weak or something you will regret. A lot of people say, hey, we got to have an eye for an eye. And that's a misuse of the biblical term eye for an eye. You know, the eye for an eye wasn't about personal retribution. It was about the judicial system ensuring that people's punishment fit the crime. You guys get what I'm saying? So they're trying to say, hey, let's make sure we don't overly punish anybody if that's not what the crime deserves. And so this misuse of an eye off the whole world did an eye for an eye. It was never meant to be a personal thing that I went and socked somebody in the eye because they got me. And I, that wasn't the case. It was for the judicial system for the Jewish people to make sure that people were appropriately handled. But we see this in our society, whether it's social media, the idea of getting revenge or even and I want to pump up the next generation especially Generation Z, and I think definitely some of the millennials as well, um, there is more, I think, growing a general sense of wanting to have compassion for people, wanting to do something. But even that is limited when we think about it. Because a lot of times what we see, people want to have compassion on who? On they, those who they deem to be worthy of that compassion. There's not, hey, we want to have mercy upon all people, not only the victim, but let's all find a way to have mercy upon the, uh, 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 the, the assailant, the person who caused it. No, we just want mercy for the victim and we want to cancel everybody else. So even as we look at our, at our society, this idea that, hey, I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be happy, it's going to go well, it's gonna, I'm fortunate when I show mercy, that's not what the world promotes. So this is what's incredible when Jesus says, blessed are those who show mercy. Blessed are those who are merciful, meaning this, is, this isn't a one-time thing. Again, Jesus has, he, he reveals that our God is a God of paradox. A God that, 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 that tells us something that on the surface doesn't seem to make sense, but as you dive into it, you go, oh, this makes sense in your kingdom. But in the kingdom of the world, yes, it doesn't. And so let's go ahead and let's break this down some more. Church, are you still with me here? And so the first thing I ask, and I'll just think out loud here, is, okay, well, blessed are the merciful. Well, what is the blessing? Well, it says clearly here that the blessing is that they will be shown mercy. And we see this. Now, that's huge, to be shown mercy, Think about this for a second, because who it is talking about we're receiving mercy from is the almighty God. The God whom every single human being will face on the day of judgment. Now, on that day of judgment, what are you hoping for? Justice or mercy? Lord, have mercy. Aren't we saying that at that time? We don't want justice at that point, do we? Because we know if we were to receive justice, that we will be condemned for all eternity. Now, just imagine you facing God and God showing you no mercy. That's a scary thought, isn't it? 
There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about going, God's people going from people of no mercy to, to mercy. And I always pause at that moment and go, wow, what would that be like to be shown no mercy from God? And, and, I, and I get sobered real quick and go, I know I don't want to even know or experience that. And so we see the magnitude of, of this idea of being shown mercy by God, not receiving what we deserve, but having compassion in action. I don't know about you, but I want and I need mercy from God. You might not need mercy from God, but I do. I'm going to be real with you. Can anybody relate to that? I need and I want and I beg and I plead for God's mercy. I don't want what I deserve. And so this idea of being blessed by being shown mercy, that enough is enough. You go, well, hallelujah. But we're not only talking about mercy on the day of judgment. We're talking about God's mercy from now until the day of judgment. Hallelujah for that. You know, it's also not mercy from God. And here's what's so cool. I love Jesus. It's also mercy from others. You see, God, I believe that he moves when we're merciful. God moves in other people's lives around us who we might fail or, 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 or hurt or some form or fashion. He moves in their hearts to also show us mercy. But I also believe this is the way he set up life in the way we are in, in, in every single one of us, whether we're in Christ or outside of Christ, where we reflect some of God's image. Let's think about this for a quick second. You've all been around, seen or heard of people who tend to be more merciful with others. And then when they mess up, what tends to happen to them? People show them what? Mercy. Because they've been, they've already seen that, hey, you've been so merciful with others, you've been merciful with us, so we're going to extend that same mercy to you. But the opposite is true as well, isn't it? And we've seen that. When somebody is holier than thou, and they come down and they're condemning and judging and everything, and then once they mess up, what do people do? Pounce right on them, don't they? They can't wait. Oh, I'm so glad you messed up. Oh, it's on tonight. Why? Because they're like, man, I can't wait. Why? Because you've never been merciful. And so you deserve all that you're going to get. You know what I'm talking about. You've been on the giving and receiving end of that. Don't front. I know I have. But we see people are quicker to extend mercy to those who have been merciful to others. And so we see when we're merciful, the blessing is mercy from God for eternity from here until then, but also mercy from those around us. Hallelujah. My wife and kids, I need a lot of mercy from them. But if I don't extend mercy, then I can't expect mercy in return. I just love Jesus' practical wisdom about life. Church, are you still with me? And then it makes me think, okay, well, why, why fortunate? Why happy? Why does it go well? Why does God decide to show his favor on those who are merciful? Well, in order to, to understand this is that we have to remember God created us in his image. And God wants us to be like him in character 
and in likeness. He wants us to think like him, to, to do what he does and do what he would want us to do. And because of the, what we call the fall, because of sin in our lives, Jesus has come and, and through the Holy Spirit continues to redeem us and create us and form us back into the image of Christ. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 39. You can write that one down. And so God is, is shaping and forming us back into the image of Christ, which is the image of God. And so here, here, work with me here. So when you and I show mercy to others, what are we doing? We're being like our father in heaven because he shows mercy. He shows mercy, even the scripture says, to the wicked and ungrateful. Did you hear what I just said? To the wicked and ungrateful, he shows mercy to. Now, I don't know about you, but those are the last people that I want to show mercy to. But every single one of us, every single being who is taking a breath right now on this earth is being shown the mercy of God. Why? Because every single one of us are objects of wrath. We deserve condemnation. But yet God is choosing not to treat us as our sins deserve, therefore extending what? Mercy. Whether we're in Christ or we're outside of Christ, every single one of us are experiencing mercy every waking moment of our lives. So when you and I extend mercy to others, who are we being like? We're being like our dad. The apple isn't too far from the tree. We end up being like God. And so it makes sense why God is like, whoa, I want to bless that because you are living out your purpose. You're being like me. You're extending mercy and it's not limited to those who you think deserve mercy and grace. So when we don't show mercy, we are therefore stepping outside of God's will, rejecting his will and not being like him at all. We're being the antithesis of God. When we decide to hold grudges, when we decide to not help those who are in need and to look down upon and judge others. And if we think about this, to show no mercy really is hypocritical, isn't it? For any person who's a child of God. Let me ask you this. If you get pulled over by a police officer today on your way home, what are you hoping that police officer would give you? You hoping for some mercy, aren't you? If you got to face the judge in court this week or coming up, what do you want from that judge? Judge, have mercy upon the plaintiff or the defendant. You know what I'm saying, right? You want to have some mercy with your spouse, with your parents, with your kids. What do you want from them? All my students, what do you want from that teacher if you're on the verge of the A and the B? You want that good old thing called mercy. Uh-oh, I didn't turn in my homework on time. Please have mercy on me, teacher. We're not looking for righteous judgment right then, are we? And once we receive it, we are, we are fired up. But when we don't receive mercy from people, how do we usually respond? Can you believe that? I can't believe it. All I did was just, how dare they? I can't believe they think they're better than me. I don't, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Some of us, when we're driving... We go over and, oh, I can't believe this driver. Oh, my goodness. Well, what are you doing? Eh, eh, eh. 
five minutes later, somebody's eh, 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 towards you. Well, all I did was just, you know what I'm talking about. And so we see we become hypocritical because we desire mercy. We want mercy from our friends, from our spouses, from our kids, from our parents, from, from, from judicial figures, from police officers, whoever it may be. We want mercy, but as soon as someone sins against us, what do we become? The flag bearer of justice. I want justice in this moment, don't we? Can we keep it 100 up in here, up in here? We become the flag bearers of justice. Just 10 seconds ago, we're, thank you, Lord, for the mercy. Woo, hallelujah. And as soon as somebody does something to us, boy, oh, boy, we can't, nope, yo, you will not get out of this zone. You are in judgment zone until you make it up to me. I want restitution for this. Do we see a problem? It's, it's, it's hypocritical. Every single one of us has done this. It's hypocritical and we can see, wow, it won't go well. We won't be fortunate. We won't be blessed or joyful when we stand in that posture and live that type of lifestyle. It hurts us. It hurts our relationships. And it actually puts in danger our relationship with God. And so we can see why God blesses this and we see his character. And that's the, that's the cool thing for me is that what reveals to me is God's character and will. That one, God is a God of compassion. God is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of mercy. And he wants his children to be like him and being full of mercy. But also, God will judge us on how we treat others. The idea I can just worship the Lord and not show anybody anything else any mercy or grace and still be okay with God, Jesus debunks that myth and says, no, that's not the way it works. It's not the way it's going to work in your life, but it's not going to work when it comes to being a citizen in my kingdom. And so it's a healthy reminder. It's a sobering thing, and it's a good and it's an inspiring thing for us to know that we've received much mercy, but we also need to extend much mercy, especially if we want much mercy from God. And so how can we experience this blessing in our lives today? Remember that the blessing is for those who are citizens in God's kingdom. So if I'm not living as a citizen in God's kingdom, then I can't expect to have these blessings. But again, it says, blessed are the merciful. Again, I said it earlier, those who are full of mercy. This isn't just a one-time act. God, people, hey, I was merciful to a guy two years ago. Woo, I'm merciful, aren't I? No, this is a lifestyle. And this is what's challenging. Because I can walk out today and go, man, all right, I'm going to be merciful to one person today. But the challenge will be and the test will come next Monday. You get what I'm saying? And so, you know, God is good, and I'm not sure if he, he just allowed this to happen, but man, this week, it's been a little bit of a rough week in some instances. Some brothers got some text messages from me. I'm asking for prayers, because I'm like, man, I got some text messages that just, they just came across the wrong way, and they intended it for it to come across the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you send a text, and you're like, oh, my bad, I didn't I ain't think it was going to come across like that. No, they, this, this came across in a negative way. And I'm struggling. And I'm mad. I'm like, I can't believe this, man. What in the world? How dare they do this? And then I'm thinking, blessed are the merciful. Oh, Lord, why you tell me that? 
I got to preach that on Sunday. Oh, man. Okay. But it's good for me as a preacher because I got to make sure I practice what I preach. And so I'm wrestling with it. And, and I'm honest with myself. This is not an easy call. I love the promise and the blessing. But the challenge for this to be my character, my values, and my lifestyle, boy, oh, boy, this is hard. This is why I need God so much. This is why I have to be poor in spirit every day. Because I need you, Lord, in order to walk in the light of the kingdom. Now, maybe you can't relate, but that's my struggle. But if you really think about this, true Christians should be known as the most merciful people on the planet. Right? Should anybody be more merciful than a true Christian on this earth? It wouldn't make any sense. We've received so much mercy from God. We know what we've received. Of course, we would want to be those who would love giving mercy to others. However, right now, at least in America, that's not really the image of Christians, is it? Now, we can argue this bad representation. We, we get all that. But there should be so many Christians who debunk these false claims of being judgmental. They say, well, that's just the bad apples in there because the majority of those who claim to follow Jesus, man, they are full of mercy. It's called, well, I call it now this. It's called the middle point of mercy that we live in as Christians. It's the middle point of mercy. We have this mercy that we've received from God. But then we also know there's mercy that's yet needed. You guys get what I'm saying here? Is that I've received this grand mercy from God, but I know coming up I'm going to need mercy because I know I'm going to need mercy on the day of judgment. I'm going to need mercy next week from him. I'm going to need mercy from other people. So I always stand in the middle point of mercy. And because of this mercy that I've received and because of the mercy I know that I want from God and from others, I'm always at this point where I'm inspired to give mercy to others. Man, I've been forgiven of so much. I've been helped. I've had compassion and action. Of course, I'm going to give that to others. But you know what? I also know I'm going to need it in the future. And I want others to be compassionate and forgiving to me. So, of course, I'm going to give it to others. So we have now a blessing of dual motivation to extend mercy to others because we're always in that middle point of mercy. And we say, God, I, I, I'm just, I'm humbled. I'm grateful. I love you. And I'm inspired and I want to show mercy. And I'll struggle and I'll pray and I'll get people in my lives and I'll read the scriptures and fast if I need to, to get to that point in which I will show mercy to others. And so what do we do? How do we respond from this? Well, I believe we go back to the title of the lesson. Let's show a brother or a sister some mercy. Let's show some people some mercy going forward. And I know that there's a person, you know that person. You know that person I'm talking about right now in your life. You know him or her. It's time for you to show mercy to that person. Starting this week. Now I know some of these situations, um, they can be resolved and reconciled based on what you do. And some of these situations really can't be reconciled until the other person gets to that point. And I think God understands it. No, I know God understands that. That's why the scripture says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, 
And so we can go out today and we can struggle, we can pray, we can ask for others to pray, but we can actually have compassion and action for people. We can go ahead and not treat people or give them the judgment or, or, or the condemnation that they might deserve, but we can go ahead and have forgiveness. We can do that today. We can because of the mercy we receive and the mercy yet needed. And so the call for us today is to reflect, is to appreciate God's glorious mercy, but then to be like our dad and start showing mercy to others. So here's a couple practical tips I want to go ahead and, and, and give you here for this morning. Some practical tips for mercy. Let's pray for the heart of Christ. Pray for God, I want to have Jesus' heart when it comes to this situation or to this person. Let's pray. We can't accomplish anything spiritual without calling upon God to help provide the divine strength that we need for it. Then let's put ourselves in others' shoes. You know, this helps me to have compassion for others. It's when I try to enter their world. And then I can understand, okay, you know what? Yeah, what they did was wrong, but I can get how they got there. And I might have made the same decision if I was in their shoes. You know, to me, I'll just say this real quickly. It hit me the other day just about Jesus. I'm like, man, Lord, I don't understand how you do this mercy thing. Like every day people are defiantly being rebellious against you, but yet you still show mercy. And then it hit me. I go, man, maybe part of how you do this is because you are able to enter people's shoes. You do know the background. You do know the history. You do know how and why they came to that choice. And so therefore, you have compassion for them. And that just blew me away. I was like, wow, if I can do that, boy, oh boy, I will be full of mercy. Another one, be aware of your own need for mercy. Again, this middle point of mercy, the mercy you receive, and then also the mercy that you know that you need. And then let's go beyond praying and do something. You know, sometimes we could just pray. I just want to pray for this situation. But mercy is compassionate, actually, is actually doing something. And so here are some tips. You could take one, you could take all four, but go ahead and put it into practice. And I'll say this real quickly. When we go beyond praying and we do something, Many times it helps us have the feelings. Many times we want to wait to feel something in order to do it. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, let me pray for I, I can have compassion. Once I have that feeling, then I'll do something. Many times it works the opposite. Once we actually get in there and start doing it, then it starts to produce the feelings of compassion even more. And so if we can go beyond praying and do something, it will generate a heart full of mercy. Let's just imagine if all of us Decided to be merciful. You think that might provide some blessings in our own lives, in our relationships, the relationships with others, in the lives of others? And they too might want to pay it forward as they see our example. We're going to have communion right now, and this is a time where we uh, remember Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We take the emblems that represent his body and his blood that was sacrificed for the forgiveness of sins. And, you know, as we think about Jesus, we remember that Jesus is the embodiment of mercy. He's the embodiment of mercy. He showed compassion in action. You know, creation was suffering from sin. 
Creation was suffering from the results of sin and the damage it had on creation's relationship with each other and the damage it had between the relationship, of, uh, uh, between the relationship with its creator. And Jesus didn't just feel something or didn't just pray something. He decided to act. He came. He lived. He served. He sacrificed himself and he, ra he was raised on the third day. He did it all so that you and I can be forgiven. Jesus showed the ultimate example of mercy by coming, living, dying, and resurrecting so that you and I can experience forgiveness for all eternity. We read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that whatever we see in the Bible, whatever Jesus teaches, we see him in body. We see the example in him being lived out. And God, we're so grateful that we have a leader that would not just call it to something that he, is, he was unable or unwilling to do himself, but yet he set the example. And God, we thank you that Jesus stayed upon the cross, Father, so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for having compassion, true compassion, by acting upon what you felt, seeing the barrier of separation between your creation and you. And God, we're so grateful that we have this opportunity today to continually respond with gratitude. And Father, may we be stirred not to just a good thought, not to just an inspiration, but to true change of our lives where we live accordingly to your will. We could be like you in nature and in character. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace all displayed upon the cross and the hope that we have too, that we too have and will raise with you. In Jesus' name, amen.